Welcome back. It's me, the Susan Anime, and you are listening to Sloth Under the Sea with me. And we will be talking about movies, TV shows, books, fun holidays, everything from other countries to does this still hold up to this day? From, like, rub brats to, like, as told by Ginger, to Movie Monday, to True Creepy Things Tuesday, to whatever I feel like talking about, because this is my podcast, and I hope you all will stay and listen to me and have some good old-fashioned podcast fun, and we'll try to stay as calm as we can, but let's get into it, and let's all have some fun listening, and you can also see me sometimes on YouTube doing my podcast as well. Okay, here we go. Monday and I found a very weird movie from Lifetime. Go figure. It's called The Bride He Bought Online. Yeah, it's disturbing. 
If you don't want to hear it, I'll give you about two seconds, one, two, to get off. No, I'm kidding. I'll give you five. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, five Mississippi. Okay. The bride he bought online is a 2015 American television thriller film. It was broadcast on the Lifetime Network in the United States on July 18, 2015. Plot. What started as a harmless online prank takes a dark turn for 17-year-old Avery Landstorm when her best friend Mandy Kim and Kaylee Mack created a fake profile for an in international dating website and began to communicate with a lonely social computer programmer named John Bennett. Having lived a life of isolation and bullying, John becomes consumed by his desire for revenge after learning he was catfished by the girls. Doing so, digging online, John finds that the photos of his non-existent girlfriend was actually that of a deceased Filipino model. Then, uncovers the identity of the girl who played him like a fool on their blog with their cruel prank. Well, Avery and Mandy felt bad for what they did to him and shared some remorse. Kaylee doesn't begin the mean girl of school. Doesn't begin the mean girl of their school. John decides to get back at the girls by hiring a good-looking guy about their age named Nick. Nick is a male... Let's just say he's a male something. <laughs> Adrian tells him he is playing a trick on his niece. He wants him to get the three girls to fall for him and then stand them up. John finds them hanging the skate lab skate park and send Nick there to flirt with them. The plan works well as both Keely and Mandy express interest and give him their phone number. Nick tells the girls he had just moved from Pittsburgh and they invite him to a party at Avery's throwing. Though he fails to show, Nick then sends a text message inviting Kaylee and Mandy to skate lab. And when they arrive, it seems as though no one is there. John kidnaps Mandy outside the hangout first, which Kaylee initially thinks is a practical joke being pulled by Mandy over Avery. Kaylee returns to the party and plans a practical joke on Avery's crush, Trevor, pouring water on the crotch of his pants, then posts videos of the prank on their blog. At this point, Avery has had enough of Kaylee and ends their friendship. Upon returning home, Kaylee turns on the TV. Oh, tired. John uses his computer hacking skills to scare her by turning off the security system in Kaylee's house. Having succeeded in pranking her, he then enters the house and kidnaps Kaylee at gunpoint, taking her to the water house where he is holding Mandy hostage. The next day, Avery is being interviewed by an agent as the parents of Kaylee and Mandy are looking for their daughters. 
Avery tells the agent about Nick and the cops mark him as a suspect. Nick speaks to the cops, straightened everything out, and told him about John and was unaware he was doing. Later that day, Avery is also kidnapped by John, and having now captured all three girls, he takes them to sell to a man who he found online. The man is going to sell the girls for human trafficking. However, John gets scammed by the man, who only takes Kaylee with him. Afterwards, John takes Mandy and Avery back to the warehouse, where Avery slashes him with a piece of glass and tries to escape, but is unsuccessful upon returning home. John's neighbor offers to find him someone else to sell to the girls, and the pair return to the warehouse. However, instead of aiding John in his traffic attempt, the neighbor shoots him in the arm, allowing Mandy and Avery to escape. John then retaliates by shooting his neighbor in the chest and tries to find Avery and recapture the girls, but is unable to do so to his injury while the girls hide in the warehouse armed with the neighbor's gun and a cell phone. They call the police and are saved. Though a defeated John commits suicide in despair before he can be arrested, as the film ends, Avery is in the hospital being questioned by law enforcement. The final scene shows her taking things out of Kaylee's locker, while Avery voice over explains that Kaylee was never found. First thing first, Kaylee is the most annoying out of all the girls. I'm not happy she, you know, got sold into trafficking, but oh my gosh, she is the meanest of the mean girls. She would almost have a run-in with Regina George. They're almost super close and crazy rude behavior. And at least by the end, Regina George learns a lesson. Avery, Kaylee, I don't know. Avery and Mandy went along with Kaylee's plan and Avery was like, no, this is wrong. We shouldn't be doing this. Let's get out of here. This is so wrong. You know, at first they thought, oh, it's innocent. We're just playing a prank. We're teenagers. Oh, let me tell you, teenagers do silly, stupid things. I should know. I've known too many teenagers who've done it. And let me tell you another thing. This does remind me of the movie Split, and I'll get to that in a bit. But, oh my freaking goodness gracious. Kiwi, I wanted to slap her. That actress was really good at playing her because she was getting on my nerves. Not sell her or her, her, just slap her because it's like she doesn't seem to understand that the way she treats people is so wrong. She was calling him ugly, stupid, and all sorts of names even after she was kidnapped. Like, girl, be smart. You're gonna get yourself killed. And he went for them to learn a lesson, so he sold them. But luckily, they had cell phones. Okay, another thing. Dude, you are really not good at this. Most people would look for phones, electronics. Are you stupid? Poor dude. He must have not been thinking right. I don't even know if he was, what he, dude, no. You check, most people check before, just, oh, every other movie I've seen, they check for cell phones, laptops, anything. Unless it's an old movie. 
this is not that old. So, like, if it's an older movie and it's based on an older time, usually, no, they don't. Movies now, typically they do. So, I don't know where they got the phone or if they had the whole time and he just didn't know it. And they also didn't try to escape for quite a while. That bothered me. The bride he bought on life has roots in reality. So much of our everyday commun communication happens through the faceless internet, emails, tweets, Instagram photos, etc., online dating sites, and so much more. I like, th okay, there's, I'm quoting this thing. I like to think I always know who I'm talking to, but sadly, I can never be sure. And the new Lifetime TV movie, The Bride He Brought, um, he brought bought online. Yeah, okay. Cyber crime and trust on the internet. Contraire is very passionate about these topics and has studied the motions behind teen crimes as well as internet crimes in which the World Wide Web gives folks a new way to communicate old-fashioned wrongdoings. She published a paper in the Journal of Cyber Criminalization. Okay, so they started a blog. And Kaylee's idea for the blog is pranks. And let me tell you, prank blogs can get so annoying. Because one minute, like, oh, yeah, it's funny. It's just a prank. And then next minute, you could really get hurt. How the movie came to be. In addition to studying crime, has a bachelor's degree in screenwriting for the CSU film school with more than 40 movie credits under her belt as a screenwriter. Then a not to spoiler. And it, okay. 40 movies to the credit. Lifetime. Including A Nanny's Revenge, The Secret Sex Life of a Single Mom, and Betrayed at 17. She says she originally wrote The Bride He Brought Online as an indie horror movie that would be her directorial debut, and she was ready to start up a crowdfunding campaign, but there was no need because executive producer was into the idea, but as a thriller. Don't worry, I won't spoil the ending. I will. So if you don't want spoilers, don't listen to my ending. They got away. Kaylee's the one who's missing. And, you know, if they didn't do this, none of this would have happened. And this poor John dude is just livid. I think he's sick of everything. He's like, I've been abused. And then you played a joke on me, you put it online, you pushed me to my breaking point. Also, I have no idea. I thought he lived in an apartment building. So I have no idea where he took them because it has like graffiti on the walls. And it's dark and dusty. It looks like maybe an underground. Dude, apartment buildings have like a extra little like attic or basement or something that I'm not aware of. It's been a while since I've been to an apartment building. And this looks like an old, like, not in a great area apartment building. 
because like I said, there's graffiti, cracks. It's weird because like apartment buildings don't seem like that anymore. When Lifetime finally saw it, they said this was one of the darkest movies we've ever done because of the ending. You start out with the girls and they're so terrible to this guy doing something so wrong and so mean. Then it flips and he takes his revenge. I wanted the audience to say they were mean, but they didn't deserve that. See, it is so hard to be on whose side. How far can revenge go and just how dark does it get? We'll have to watch the show. It reminds me a little bit of Split because the same premise, he captures, sorry, I'm using a little squishy Three girls, one of which he was not actually supposed to take. And the other one has three girls that he kidnapped. So it's similar. And this dude, he, it's not completely the same. Split is a 2016 American psychology thriller film. Plot, Kevin Weedler Crumman, a man struggling with DID. Dissociated identity disorder rooted in his history of childhood abuse and abandonment has been manner meaning living with his 23 distinct personalities while for several years with help from his therapist Dr. Karen Fletcher the most dom dominant of the Alters Barry has been in control of deciding which personality gets control Kevin's body and lately he has not allowed Dennis or Patrika to have a turn due to the former's tendency to harass young girls and the later belief in a mysterious ending called the Beast who plans to rid the world of the impure, that is, those who have not suffered. Dr. Fletcher. Oh, well, I will be back later. I am back. Kevin Wheeler Crime, a man struggling with DID rooted in his history of childhood abuse. Okay, Dr. Fletcher. Just outside Philadelphia, Dennis kidnaps three girls, Claire, Casey, and Mercy. When they are waiting for, waiting in the car for Claire's father to get, to get driven home from a birthday party, he imprisons the girls in a secret underground lair beneath the Philadelphia Zoo, where they met Patrika, who protects the girls from Dennis to save them from the beast, a nine-year-old boy alter name Hedwig revealed to be the true dominant alter whom Patrika and Dennis are manipulating to shut out the other alters. The girls try to escape by going through the vents, manipulating Kevin's alters and communicating with another individual via walkie-talkie. All of their attempts end in failure. Dr. Fletcher goes to the zoo to talk to Dennis when he claims to have made contact with the beast. In reality, a yet to 
manifest 24 personality, but she discovers Claire. So Dennis and something, the doctor locks her up. Then he goes to the train station and boards an empty train car where the beast takes over. The beast who displays enchanted strength and animal tendencies return to his lair. Thanks Dr. Fletcher for her help and that he has not been in control of his own body for two years. Nope, wait. For the, her help and that he has not been controlled body for two years, the horrified Kevin begs Casey to kill him with a shotgun he has hidden. This prompts all 24 personalities to fight for control. With Pachirika the victor, she tells Casey that Kevin has been made to sleep far away and will not wake now until now even if he is called. Well, Petrika returns control to the beast. Casey retrieves the shotgun and a box of cartridges and escapes into a tunnel. She manages to shoot the beast twice before running out of ammo, but he only sustains minor wounds. He moves closer to murder her, but stops when he sees scars across her abdomen and chest, which are related to her having been abused by her uncle and legal guardian. John both before and after her father's death because she is pure the beast spares Casey's life and is rescued the next morning by the police in another hideout. Dennis, Patrick, and Hedwig discuss the power of the beast and their plan to change the world as the Silk City Dino Silver Pardons Watch a news report on the beast crimes with the composant matching his nemesis alters have earned him the nickname the horde a waitress noted the similarity similarities i bit my tongue earlier so ouch to a criminal in a wheelchair who was incarcerated 15 years earlier who has also been given a nickname as she tries to remember it, the man sitting next to her replies that it was Mr. Glass. They're similar, but they have their differences. I would say they're quite interesting in their own way. And to give them both a look, I find it interesting that they're kind of similar. Okay, I hope y'all enjoy. Have a great movie Monday. I may or may not do a podcast tomorrow. We will see. We will see. I hope you like. You can check me out on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. I also have another podcast. I hope you enjoyed this.